1: Good afternoon, Lori and Julia show my talk on our 7-1, everything entertainment. Paula Roberts is filling in for Lori today, who is still uh, recovering from the uh, shoulder surgery that she had yesterday. Love, 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 love. We hope she's love, doing love well today. Love,
0: oh, yes. love, love. love. Okay. okay. The family group text says Lori is okay. 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 <laughs> she would die if we were talking about her this week. Well, month. that's all right. She would? Yeah. Well, you know, she's mm-hmm. she's all right.
1: Well, people want to know.
2: Yeah. Surgeries <laughs> are painful for shoulders. Thank you. They are yeah, painful. Okay, thanks everyone for hanging out with us. Thank you, everybody who called in to talk about um, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Can you have it when you post newties?
0: <laughs> that, that's clever. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Good. Billboard Hot 100 yeah.
2: to- chart topper. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. I absolutely... Um, I loved it. I love how passionate people are. So, thank you, thank you, thank you, all of our listeners. Um, so, Katy Perry, last we saw her, she was wearing a massive chandelier. For the Met Gala. And she, I think since she first came out, she defines camp. Yes. You know, over the top with her cherries, with her, all of her funny stages that she does. She always wears funny clothes. The woman had whipped cream coming out of her boobs. She's, uh, she's hysterical, oh, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I have always, Lori and I, um, loved her. Love, love, loved her. I love her energy, her uniqueness. And then unfortunately, we went to one of her concerts. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. And it was the talking concert on my birthday. <laughs> when Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> she just talked and talk, talked. And she has talk. so many hits, but the talking. Talk talk, 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 So I couldn't stand it. And so we were in a little bit of a, you know, separation for a while. But now, <laughs> um, and now, you know, she's engaged to Orlando Bloom and some other things. She, she just has great energy. Do any of you guys watch American Idol? No. no. I hear it's pretty good this season. It's recovered from the
0: first yeah. season?
2: Yeah, I hear it's pretty good. I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to tune in. Um and so she was on t- to promote her new shoe line, uh, American Idol and just her fabulousness. So after um at the Met Gala, she started out the evening in a chandelier. That chandelier that she wore. The top uh, the dress weighed 40 pounds. She was so nervous she was going to timber because walking up all those steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She talked about how hard it was. She said, I didn't go to any finishing school or anything like that, but I really had to walk a straight line. She. I don't know if this is in our audio.
1: It is, actually. Oh. And well, you what? pretty much said everything she said. Oh.
2: <laughs> I wanted to say all, hi to all my friends, but if someone looked at me for long enough, I'd start to teeter. I was so nervous she was going to timber.
1: Yeah. That's, um, that's exactly what she said on forty GMA.
2: pounds. 40, she mentions
1: that forty pounds, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah.
2: and she said it was easier to walk as a cheeseburger, which she dressed into and got in and out of, which was a big puffy uniform that um, zipped up the back. Yeah,
0: she was a cheeseburger for the mm-hmm. gala after party. Right. She was so
2: funny. As right. one does. She was so funny. Well, let's play the second cut then, Danny uh, okay. Here she is talking about American Idol.
1: Very brief. Here we go. We can't let you go without talking about American Idol. It- I love
0: Alejandro. I love all of them. I mean, honestly, it's 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 written in the stars. We'll yeah. see, you know. Um, we are just so invested and I have so much fun being on that show. I mean, I hope you can tell. Uh, it's really hard for me to lie and you know when i'm not having a good time you can kind of tell and i am just having such a blast mentoring these kids and like supporting them and lifting them up it
2: shows i mean she was just so cute she's so cute cute. i think yes so she came out and she has this new shoe line that we're gonna post i'll tweet it out um such cute shoes one of them is a cheeseburger shoe natural also a little bit of a tie in Uh uh-huh so She's it's a brown kind of tie-up shoe that kind of looks like a Doc Martin on the bottom, just a regular woman's mm-hmm. shoe or man's shoe. But the um, in between the leather topping and the rubber bottom is like layers of lettuce, tomato, <laughs> burger, and cheese. They're oh, very
0: oh. they're very campy.
2: They're so campy. And then she's got these other neon shoes, and they're priced like $150 or less. They're priced really well. And then she just thinks shoes. I've always thought this about shoes too. When nothing else fits, a great pair of shoes does. Here, here. Shoes always fit. Like yes. handbags. Yes. Like makeup. Yes. Yes. You don't it doesn't matter what size you are, it doesn't matter where you are on your cycle or what if you pulled out all your eyelashes accidentally with an eyelash curler and you, you don't have them. You would know nothing about that at all. Oh, I did that yes the other day. I really am struggling not having eyelashes.
0: But on Katie one Perry eye. has really fun kitschy shoes. She has watermelon shoes, cherry shoes. She also has uh platform shoes, butterfly shoes. They're really cute. And she makes fun of herself and she's self deprecating.
2: I really like her. Yeah. So I think I think that she's a winner. Do you think this marriage
0: with Orlando Bloom is going to last? Well, if it ever even happens, it
1: hasn't happened yet. So. <laughs> I
0: feel like this might be a very, very, very long engagement for the two of them. Oh, they're really? gonna they're gonna take their time. Mm. I don't feel like there's any rush for either of them to go down the aisle. Really? Yeah. Mm. Well, mm. remember they've been on and off before, so right? th- they've taken their time to get to this place in their relationship. So, I, you know, I'll believe it when I see it, and I wish them the best. Oh, and gosh. I uh, imagine that they will have wonderful paddleboarding adventures in the future. I reference. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Think yes. you yes. Orlando Bloom you on the paddleboard. Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Raise that flag. Yeah. Raise that
2: flag. Well, anyway, <laughs> she, I just think she's really cute. So, anyway, she is out and about talking, 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 talking. Anybody who watches Game of Thrones... Um the young uh star Bella Ramsey who plays Lena Mormont am I pronouncing it right you guys? Oh, don't ask me I've Daddy's watched an episode phone. Lady of House Mormont she's a little girl and she had a very substantial role in killing somebody 2 weeks ago Ooh. but she's been banned from watching the show from her parents how old is she? I don't know. She's maybe like 12 or 13. She says, I'll probably watch it all when I'm 18 years old. I could see how maybe mm-hmm. she wouldn't
0: be ready for some of the more salacious Game of Thrones scenes.
2: Isn't that kind of cute? That is cute. That her parents it's, won't let her watch it.
0: I And admit. page six is reporting that Nicholas Holt, you know, the actor, yes. he auditioned to play Jon Snow. Oh, he did. Yeah, and he said the reason that he auditioned for this is because he was filming The Clash of the Titans, so he had really long hair extensions. They gave me a ponytail and a very patchy fake tan, and he remembers says, this is probably not what they're hoping for, and it obviously (laughs) wasn't being the Game of Thrones producers. Like, I'm really not going to be able to play this guy. Right.
2: He seems like someone I could never pick out of a lineup.
0: Nicholas Holt? Yeah.
2: He's Mm. a British guy.
0: There you go. That's a, that's about all I he's have. He's a British guy. Ex-boyfriend of Jennifer <laughs> yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of recognize him now? No, uh, no. not at all. <laughs> not really. He's also pl- he's in Tolkien. That new movie J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. You know about the yeah. author of Lord of the Rings? Yes. Yep. And that's who he's playing. He's playing the title character.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. Oh, no, British guys that we don't
1: know. Uh Somebody called in and said, "Does Julia remember uh, in the seven in late seventies junior high time pop pop shoes?" She said this, she had like were like Coke and 7-Up. She had 7-Up platform tennis shoes. Do you remember anything like that? Oh, no,
0: oh, but that just sounds fabulous. Those yeah. sound amazing. 7-Up um, seven seven up up platform shoes. tennis shoes. Did you ever wear jelly shoes when you were yes. growing up? Oh, man, were those the worst idea ever?
2: They, they're slippery when wet, and I always lived in a warm place when those came out. But you tie a string, like the shoe string, all the way up your leg, like a Jesus slipper. Yeah. That's the only way I could describe it. Oh my gosh, those things would get so slippery. No, I don't remember 7-Up shoes, but I remember the first Nike when those came out. The Nike Cortez? Uh-huh. Those are fresh. I know, they are fresh. Yeah. Okay, so um, Marie Osmond,
0: this happened last week. I So I just thought it happened yesterday. Oh yeah, you were out. Well, no, actually, you're right, Julia. Here's the story about that. Okay. You're right. You were right. So there was rumors last week that Marie Osmond... It's going to be the new co-host on The Talks, re- replacing Sarah Gilbert. So the gossip was on TMZ last week, oh. but they made it official yesterday. So you're totally right.
2: Okay, because I saw her thing, and I was so excited for her, and I tweeted it. <laughs> what did
1: you
0: tweet <laughs> to Marie Osmond? i so excited
2: for you. Well, that's fine. I, I think she is. I'm telling you, those Osmonds, they're so, so delightful. And I think she'll just be so great on that show. And she's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She, I think
1: she's, oh, I was she's gonna, had her trials and tribulations absolutely in her life, that's sure.
2: yeah. absolutely you know and um she's almost done with their v- vegas show if you never yeah. saw it please go it's so much fun donnie and marie yeah so she's going to be doing
1: i thought she was on today because didn't they have a big welcome for her
2: yeah i, I think so
1: today was maybe her first day I no, know.
2: I don't
0: know that it's full time yet. Is it because she oh, still okay. has shows to do?
1: Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, of the Vegas thing.
0: Yeah. Well, I think because of the Vegas thing, Donnie and Marie, and in Vegas in the Flamingo, I believe in November. So I think she's going to be doing like work in L.A. in the afternoon and fly to Vegas at night for a little bit. But it totally makes sense. Did you watch Marie Osmond when she was co-hosting on the talk earlier this year? No, but I watched her old talk show, Donnie and Marie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen her speak.
1: Well, as she me. had one by herself too for uh, yeah. a while I on the Hallmark her. Channel. Mm-hmm.
2: I think she's fantastic. I think that woman is, I think she can do no wrong. And I was so happy. I just like her. You know, there's some people that you just really dig and and she'll do so well. Yeah. There's so many Uh, other voices.
1: Here's a story about Marie and how much she cared. She was, uh, I was here. You guys were in Vegas and she was supposed to be on the show and she hadn't shown up and she hadn't shown up. (laughs) I just happened to walk out of the studio. My phone's ringing. And it's Marie Osmond. And she's saying, I'm so, so, so sorry. We went to the wrong place. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're on our way. Please tell Lori and Julie I'm on my way. I feel so bad. And I thought, don't worry about it. I thought, how gracious was that? Well, yeah. she was Dude, amazing. I I remember me. she was she's...
2: talking to you as she was walking in yeah. to wherever yes. we were doing our show yeah. that
1: day? Oh my gosh. So that was that was a mark of a pro right there. Yeah.
0: Oh, she is. Yeah. Just consummate showbiz professionals. Oh yeah. They don't let you down. No, and like you said, she's been honest and real about the stuff that has happened in her life. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's been, been it's
2: not been easy and now yeah. she's married to her first husband again. Which I kind was of right? Oh yeah. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. After yeah. all these years, everything circles back around. No, that's okay, right. when we come back, it's time for the Dirt Alert. Stay with us. Good luck.
1: This is a My Talk Dirt Alert.
0: Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert, Dirt Alert. All right, everybody, dirt. we've got Holly in for the Dirt. All right. The dirty Dirt. Let's do some Real Housewives Dirt, starting out with Countess Luanne de la Sept. She's being scolded by a probation officer for being, quote, in denial that she has a sobriety issue. So this is according to court documents that Countess Luann failed an alcohol test on April 21st and admitted to her probation officer that she consumed two mimosas After a performance in Chicago. Now, remember, as part of her probation stemming from that thing that happened in Palm Beach in 2017, where she allegedly kicked a cop, Countess Luann was required to attend two AA meetings per week. But according to the violation report, quote, since being placed on supervision, only a total of five AA meetings have been submitted to the state of Florida. So. Uh, This report is saying that she is not taking her probation seriously. Now, there is a court hearing scheduled for May 23rd to determine if Countess Luann is indeed in violation of her probation. So if she does not appear for that court hearing on May 23rd, a warrant will be issued for her arrest. Well,
2: she didn't have time to go, she said, because she's doing her show. You know, the tickets for her show go on silk she's going to come to missing
0: me. i'm so busy
2: darling i'm busy
0: darling i've got to perform at I, I uh, venues across the country thank you for I the mean, hollywood yeah, speech. she, she totally needs money she needs money
2: and i'm with her on that one but i mean she did she did have a felony reduced i mean so she has to yes she needs do to do the t- crime you got to do the time yeah
0: you know countess Luann, take this seriously make yourself available on may 23rd and then schedule your cabaret dates Around being in court. Yeah, it can I happen. think I'm sure th- I feel like everything's going to work out. I think so too. Ooh. Uh, what? This. Now, I don't know, Donnie. Did you post this on the Lori and Julia Show page at dot 1071com He's on the phone. What? <gasps> He's on the phone. You- Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland. Oh, yeah.
2: It's posted on our. She looks amazing. These We are have been stunning. talking about this forever. Yes. And this is not approved by Liza Minnelli.
0: No, this. What we're talking about when we mean this, this is the upcoming movie Judy and it stars Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland in 1969 before she passed away at the age All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, Stephen Diener, hosted the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from Rainn Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Age of 47. And when you look at these photographs of Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland, it's incredible. I was stunned how they
2: can make her look so much like Judy Garland because initially I'm like, oh, this is a stretch. Yep. This is a stretch, but she really looks like it in this movie. You know, I love Renee Zellweger. She was always Bridget Jones' diary Well, those me. movies are so delightful. They're my, one of my favorites. Yeah. And so I think she can act.
1: Oh, yeah. got an Oscar.
2: Yep. Yes, she and she's so good at self-deprecating acting, too. So I think this will be pretty funny that she is doing this.
0: Yeah, so this is going to follow again. This is in the late 60s. Uh, Judy Garland passed away in 1969. So uh, this is going to follow her when she was doing gigs in London. The movie's out September 27th. And uh, Renee Zellweger says that she spent two hours a day in the makeup chair getting prosthetics, Contact lenses and wigs applied. She said it was an exercise in zen for sure.
1: Does it say, is she doing her best? Because we know she sings, but is she going to do her best to mimic the voice of Judy Garland? Do we know that?
0: Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Hmm.
2: Oh my gosh, she looks so much like her, you oh. guys. She totally does. And this is out September 27th, by uh, directed by a British stage director. Did you just say all this? Rupert
0: Gould. Rupert Gould. So 1968, the year before Judy Garland yep. died. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it, even though Liza Minnelli... It blows me away. You guys will be blown away because it totally looks like her. Yeah, you, you, you have to see this. I've been showing people around the office. I'm like, oh my gosh, did you see Renee Zellweger as Judy Garland? You have to see this. Normally, these kinds of transformations don't, don't, work. Uh, don't ha- work, or they don't right. make me have this emotional reaction, but you guys got to go to my talk 1071 to check it out. The Spice Gals, they're reuniting in the UK for some reunion dates, and ahead of their UK tour, they're releasing their greatest hits album just in case you don't have it. Would you buy it? I would. Uh, I have. I have Apple Music streaming service, so I would click plus. <laughs> I mean, why not? I'm not. I mean, it's just part of the deal. It's um, gonna include "Wannabe," "To Become One," "Spice Up Your Life." Because really, they only had two albums. Okay. That were worth a grain of salt. Okay, but what if you're at a cabin up north and you don't
2: have the internet and you can't listen to all your Apple stuff?
0: Well, yeah, duh. Then totally buy the Spice okay. Girls albums. You need all to right. treat yourself to the Spice Girls all greatest right. hits. Uh, this is going to be released uh, in the near future. I don't have the date for you, unfortunately, but they're beginning their tour May 24th. So that's just in a couple of weeks. Tyra Banks making headlines today. She is a Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition cover girl once again coming out of retirement. <laughs> To pose in a yellow (laughs) bikini. She looks amazing. She looks (laughs) amazing. She looks amazing. She was on Good Morning America this morning, uh, revealing the cover. Now it's one of three covers for this year's Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. And she said, my first one was 23 years ago. How crazy is that? She's like, I'm like, damn, I'm 45, dog. And looking amazing. Now, uh, the other women on the covers of the swimsuit issue, U.S. soccer star Alex Morgan, and then the winner of the Sports Illustrated model search win. So she was part of the contest. So, yeah, I'm telling you, she she looks amazing yeah, she looks absolutely stunning. So go check out Tyra Banks in a little bikini, won't you? Uh, Jennifer Lopez, she's sharing some behind the scenes about her dress that she wore to the Met Gala. You know, she kind of wore the Pia Zadora little like glistening wig thing. I didn't even and the- see her.
2: Jennifer Lopez? Oh, Jennifer Lopez,
0: yes. Yeah, Jennifer Lopez.
2: Yes. Not Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, for some reason I thought you said that, but Jennifer Lopez in the back of this crystal beaded dress She had a belt clip out of crystals. Did anyone see the back? It was so gorgeous. Did you see
0: that? Yes. She looked amazing. She looks amazing. Well, and she's sharing a little story about the dress that she wore to the Met Gala on Monday night. She said that this Versace dress, with a matching headpiece, took 50 days to create. Wow. And was dripping in crystals, and it was in part created by the late designer and tailor Luigi Massi, and he works for Versace, and Jennifer Lopez said that she was brought to tears while trying on the dress because a luigi recently passed away and he was the mastermind behind many of her greatest hits on the red carpet she said knowing luigi was making this gown when he passed away it's difficult but at the same time it's also celebrating his work
2: oh yeah she's she's gorgeous and that crystal wig. you know we were talking yesterday about when you could take out the wig oh yeah Uh uh-huh wigs Plus, (laughs) plus <laughs> <laughs> almost did it today but I thought with the weather being right I didn't want to mess up my wig and have it fringe fringe up on me or whatever get too curly and frizzy um but that headpiece that's something that would be fun to have in your little uh, cabaret drawer <laughs> as one does have one
0: cabaret drawer. I have a I have a dress up little area Oh you have really? a you have a cabaret drawer Pretty much Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. What do you keep in your cabaret drawer that you can tell us That's on the radio? Over the elbow question. gloves. You know,
2: <laughs> over the uh, elbow gloves. Yes. Um, black, white gloves. Uh, a lot of uh, fun head things, like head pieces. Yeah. Um, I have some wigs. I have some special scarves.
0: Ooh.
2: I have leopard print. Um, what else do we have? Like leopard print bodysuit. I mean, just fun stuff. You know, I, I have love-
0: I have the, the fun idea stuff
2: of a cabaret drawer. Well, just the
0: fun stuff. Boas, yeah. nice. You know, just in case <laughs> just of emergency. In case. Exactly. That's amazing. So, uh, let us all design our own cabaret drawers in our own mind And finally, in case you missed it, I don't know how you could, but if you did, the royal baby made his red carpet debut this Woo! morning. His name is Archie Harrison Mountbatten Windsor, and he is darling Little Archie. He's darling. Go to Uh mytalk1071.com if you want to go and check him out. We've got a good vintage scandal today, so stay with us.
1: All right, let's jump right into the traffic, which is brought to you by.
2: uh... Well, we're going to revisit Howard Stern's life. Howard Stern has a new book that's coming out called Howard Stern Comes Again. It's a curated collection of edited transcripts from his favorite interviews that he's done since he first started out, everyone from Billy Joel to Donald Trump to everyone else in between. But we're going to go back and discover how he got to where he is. The king of all media. Yes, he did. So a couple years ago, he took a day off work and you would have thought the sky was falling down because he is always known always go to work no matter what right and if he is
0: off of work you would know that he was because he was just taking a vacation right and he'd let you know
2: yep and so this is may 10th 1970 excuse me 2017 (laughs) and he needed to take a day off because what was happening that no one knew about is he was going to um, go to a doctor to get a biopsy on a growth that was on his kidney Mm -hmm. and what he knew at the time is that it was 90 percent cancerous. Yeah. That was the chance of it. Yeah. So he was freaking out. He went to the thing. He couldn't believe about how everyone else was freaking out around him and he thought he was going to die and he was scared to death. Yeah. He swears through the whole thing. A couple hours later, seven incisions, he came out of surgery to learn it had just been a scare, a tiny, harmless cyst. In the 24 months since that time, he's found himself wondering if he's done it all wrong, trying to figure out. You know, how he started, if it was wrong, how am I relevant? What have I done? People have always asked him to write new books, private parts. His first book in '93 sold like that for yeah. Simon Schuster. And there was a movie, Miss America '95, sold like that. And he said that he can't read his first two best selling books, those two that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. without cringing at his own narcissism. And he insists nearly every one of the interviews he conducted during his pre-satellite radio days makes him sick.
0: Mm, So this caused him to really to question his whole existence. Kind of. Mortality will do that. And he
2: kind of changed it. And he just said cancer, his brush with cancer, was why he agreed to write his first book in two decades. Howard Stern comes again, which is coming out, Donnie. I think you can find the date. And... um. There's more in the book about his health scare, along with musing on fame, sex, and spirituality. It's as much of an autobiographical conversation as it is a tour through pop culture over the past twenty years. Mm-hmm. Um, he, of course, made history um, when he was offered fifty million dollars to go to Sirius XM, which didn't have any any people subscribing to it at the time in the mid um, '90s. Yeah. what was it? Two thousand? Probably the mid two thousands. I would say. Yeah. So he said, after all this, he was in a place where he ne- really needed to figure out what was going on. And um, maybe he knows his contract is coming up at the end of 2020. He currently makes $90 million a year. 90, uh-huh. Wait, wait, $90 million yep. a year? And he's at a place where he's trying to figure out if I should do more painting, if I should do more of this. If I should yeah. help Beth more with our cat rescue projects. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just kind of thinking back, what should I be doing? Yes. Um, So here's a little bit of history for him. Early on in his career, he was a dirty, he did dirty puppet shows for his pals and impressions for his parents. (laughs) You
0: know, as you do for your parents. His radio engineer
2: dad would offer feedback, not exactly encouragement. Uh, and would just say, stop, you're going on too long. Make it interesting. <laughs> and by the time he hit puberty, his Long Island community had transformed from predominantly white to predominantly black. He recalls the arrival of the black families. It prompted all of his so-called, we've heard this in several memoirs lately, liberal neighbors to flee in the middle of the night. I yes. think that yes, Michelle yeah, Obama yeah. described her neighborhood, that this happened as well in Chicago. Yeah. All these preachy phonies, he said, who would go to services and say, all people are the same in God's eyes. We're lying. His parents, along with Stern's older sister, would stay put. By his freshman year of high school, he was only one of a handful of white kids left in class, a de facto outsider who frequently found himself on the receiving end of someone's fist. Mm. He eventually, the Stern family, relocated to a nearby white neighborhood. By then, Howard was woefully behind academically and a complete disaster socially. (laughs) He said he was traumatized, but he got into Boston University and found an outlet on a campus radio station and later a series of gigs that took him from Hartford to Detroit. In the early days, he would you know, just find the silliest pranks to do on the air. When he landed in D.C., they paired him with Robin Quivers, who's yes. great, through a series of outrageous antics, sealed his shock jock reputation. Mm. And this is a prank that I just can't believe he did, but I'm going to tell you about it. It said, no prank received as much attention as the one he pulled the morning after an Air Florida flight crashed in the Potomac River, killing 78 people.
1: Yes, it's in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. remember that.
2: He famously pretended to dial up the airline while on air, inquiring about the price of a one-way ticket to the 14th Street Bridge. Those who weren't weren't horrified were highly amused. From there, he moved to New York to the most coveted of markets, where he shared his format with his predecessor, Don Imus. That's right. Yeah. And
1: WNBC.
2: WNBC. <laughs> and if we weren't so bad, we'd be good. So by 1986, <laughs> his show was syndicated. And then- Each stunt gave him more audience. He grew, grew bigger and bigger. At one point, at its peak, 20 million people were listening weekly. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, a few pricey homes in Manhattan, Haptons, Florida. Borderline. He's a borderline recluse. And has never been known as a big spender with lavish taste. Mm-hmm. And he has a debilitating obsession to winning. He was not with money, but with content. At one point, you know, he, one in four cars on Long Island was listening to the show and he didn't understand what the other three were doing. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. why weren't they listening to him yeah well he wanted to be the king of all media he did uh. and his interviewing technique was like bashing someone in the face with the sledgehammer mm. it, I, I was like the joker and I wanted to all I wanted to do was cause chaos uh, he asked Gilda Radner if Gene Wilder was well endowed oh driving her out of the studio he spent the bulk of his time with Carly Simon, just telling her how hot she was. Oh, mm. um, he had multiple warnings not to ask George, Markle about it, George Michael about his sexuality, but did. Mm-hmm. Uh, immediately, there were plenty more from Eminem to Will Ferrell, who appeared once and will never appear again on his show. What Stern lacked was the humility to be a fan of anybody but himself.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: I lashed out at anyone and everyone whose career was prospering I thought I should be the center of the universe. Whenever it seemed like someone else was, I couldn't accept it. David Letterman blasted him. Jerry Seinfeld. Him too. Rosie O'Donnell. Forget it. And his, um, at one point, he was spashing Rosie O'Donnell so much that his fans were going to her house and threatening her son. Oh, oh man. And they're now friends.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah. But in the 90s, he interviewed Robin Williams, and it still ranks among his biggest regrets. Mm-hmm. In part, it's because it's too late to apologize. But he said, I loved Robin Williams, but there I am beating him over the head with, hey, like, hey, I hear you bleeping your nanny. I could have had a great conversation with them, but I'm playing to the audience instead. They want to hear outrageous. And that's my arrogance thinking that Robin Williams can't entertain my audience. How stupid am I? In the end, he found himself stuck in an arms race with himself, constantly reaching for new levels of, of
0: outrage yeah and of shock mm-hmm. like once you get shock obsessed jock. with being a shock jock and that's your brand and you think that's what people want right. to hear then right. if you're obsessed like that of besting yourself
2: right we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back to it um we've got one less one less less future commercial break something okay. there is right. a word there we're <laughs> <get> the <laughs> we'll be right back and I've always been a go getter That's truth for hanging out with us today. This is Lori and Julia. Holly's filling in for Lori. Donnie's here. And we were talking about Howard Stern and his new book that is coming out later this month called...
1: Uh, here, Howard Stern comes again.
2: Yes. And, and it's, it's out next cole- week. Yes. Okay, yeah. thanks. Collection of essays. And he's written a foreword on each of them uh, and edited them a little bit. But um we're just talking before the break about when he just got... He just shocked the crap out of everybody. Anyone who was on his show was fair game, pretty much made all the women show their boobs. Yep. Lori Knight in mm-hmm. the nipple enhancers and we were talking about who would go on the show and I said I can't because I know he'd get me to do it. <laughs> oh, show your boobs. I mean, yeah, uh-huh. Because he's got Very such charm. Huh? Yeah. yeah. And so here's, you know,
1: a little bit. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the Average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday, so the fun never ends. Blinded by the item. Listen wherever you get podcasts, and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
2: He gave a shout out today on his show to Jason. um Jason show. There's a woman I don't know, can't remember her name that. Calls into him and tells him about Jason Show, but Jason, they've talked before, so I thought that was kind of fun and yeah. timely that that happened today. But basically, um, he thought everything was great. He was, he just thought, you know, everything. There was no boundaries. He could touch everything, and everything was going great. And he thought, including his home life with his college sweetheart Allison, their three daughters, he um, lived in a delusional world. He found out in that mm. he was the best parent. He thought he was Ward Cleaver. Look, um He didn't wow. realize <laughs> that
0: is that is some he delusion. Further away, he right didn't there. realize everything was crumbling
2: around him. I mean, I didn't even know what it meant to be a grown man with a family. I didn't know anything. I was a child. Mm. In two thousand and four, the lifeline from Sirius came. It was two thousand and four, five hundred million dollars. And at the start of 2006, he goes to Sirius where nothing is off limits. You can swear.
0: You can talk about anything you want. There's no FCC. There's nothing. No, not right. not Well, to... because Howard Stern famously got into a lot of beefs with the FCC for the yep. stuff that he was doing on his show on terrestrial radio. Right.
2: And when he switched over from CBS radio, radio prompting then boss Les Moonves mm-hmm. to slap him with a nine-figure lawsuit, scorched the earth it was. Uh, and so he couldn't even believe how small Les Moonves was to do this to him. Yeah. Okay. So serious. He said it was just the wild, wild West. We could do anything. Anything happened. And he, um, then decided some stuff happened. It was time to evolve. He's got divorced from his wife. His kind of home life fell apart. Yep. Um, he was in therapy four days a week. Now he's down to two. His therapist would prefer three. (laughs) And he finally decided you can only interview so many strippers and um he goes back and he just says wow i just was out of out of it and he had to evolve and he said um there was a certain time during this me too where he became more of a conversationalist yes and instead of a shock shock Mm jock because people are willing to talk to you um about basically anything if you can make them comfortable yeah and um he, there was a certain time, especially with Les Moonves in the Me Too movement, he said that he was jumping for joy because Les Moonves was such a, just a jerk. Yeah. Thank think yeah. yeah. everybody. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and to delight, most of his listeners have been willing to evolve with him. Some people uh, say he's gotten soft. Um, why aren't we squeezing people's boobs anymore? <laughs> and hmm. he says, I basically still have a juvenile sense of humor he though took up chess, photography. He's compulsive obsessive. Um, he has genuine friendships now though, one with Jimmy Kimmel and with Rosie O'Donnell. And the Rosie O'Donnell friendship was uh brokered by Mia Farrell. Mia Farrell. Uh-huh. Farrell. She told him that um they are the only ones who ever publicly admonished her ex, Woody Allen. Ah, so Before she, it was culture revoked to do socials, she said, you two, quit being jerks. You have more in common than you think, and let's meet. Mm-hmm. So that I mm-hmm. thought was well, kind of interesting. Um, and so he just says he started, he wanted to get in touch more with his softer side. And to do that, he told his agent he wanted to take the America's Got Talent gig.
0: Yes, oh, as one of the judges on America's yeah. Got uh-huh. Talent.
2: Yeah. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a reputation as a stark, raving lunatic, and for four seasons on the NBC talent show in front of, uh, he became literally um, Santa Claus. Yeah. We his image. Right? Yeah. yeah, And slowly he describes his interviewing technique as the dinner party approach. He coaxes his guests to be spontaneous without getting in their faces. And then he talks about a specific interview with Gwyneth Paltrow where they're just kind of talking and in the middle of it. She just says, you know, a way to get um, over a fight in a relationship is to just, you know, do the other one. In the middle of a fight. And he didn't ask for it. She just volunteered it.
0: Mm. People volunteer it. Yeah. Well, like you said, Julia, he's incredibly charming. And now that he's refocused some of that charm, Mm -hmm. not into grabbing boobs or asking people to take their shirts off, but in just making people comfortable. And they're revealing things which, quite honestly, are much more intimate than just showing your nudity. Exactly. And he also
2: said that um, people wouldn't go on his show. Because they knew his style. They knew the mm-hmm. format. They didn't want to be on it. But then he started getting A-listers when he started having a different approach. Mm-hmm. And the America's Got Talent worked to him. And what he, though, says is no one can put limits on the format. It's one hour. It's not edited. And you can't tell me what's on and off limits. I'm going to ask him whatever I want. And they have to
0: be open to that. So every celebrity mm-hmm. has to agree to Paul that McCartney. criteria.
2: Yep. Jimmy Kimmel. Everybody. And some of his best interviews... Um, are this is his book. It's the curation mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. all of his best. He says, um let he didn't want to do another book, but because it's too much work. And um throughout the book, he laces a sampling of his 40 plus conversations with Donald Trump beginning in 1995. No. He was a devoted Hillary Clinton fan.
1: He was a democrat at the time.
2: He he was, was he completely was the last election round. Mm-hmm. And he tried to get Hillary Clinton to come on the show and said, you're not connecting with the voters. Please come on my show. And she wouldn't.
1: Well, maybe hmm. she well, should have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure that there yeah. were people around Hillary Clinton who were like, understood Howard Stern and his old reputation. And were mm-hmm. like, please right, yeah, don't yeah. do that. It's too risky for you. Well, right. Of course. Well, that's unfortunate. So his,
2: he kind of, he says his book reads occasionally like a series of love letters to his subjects. Huh? Um, and he also, this is something that happened recently when Wendy Williams talked about how he is a Hollywood insider now, kind of he's sold out and is a tool.
0: Oh yeah. Was, mm-hmm. oh
2: yeah and within hours, he was just vile to her. Oh yeah. She's he- a jealous biatch. You'll never be me. You don't have my wit. You don't have my talent. Weeks later, he's regrets it. He said that I was at my worst. I thought that she was saying it was a piece of crap and I sucked. But as I hear it now, I don't see it as offensive at all. If Hollywood means I've evolved in some way that the show has changed, then yeah, she hit the nail on the head. He has pulled that rant from reruns airing. Hmm. so You'll never hear that again. Hmm. So anyway, he just... Well, that's big just, of him to say that. Yeah. yeah he just uh, says basically at the end, you know, it's hard to compete. There's 150 channels now that people have access to. Yeah. And,
0: and that's just on Sirius alone. Right. Right. <laughs> on him, where he is broadcasting.
1: Yeah. yeah. And he Although- did, he, His is a, uh, a, a. You have to pay more to get his channel.
2: You do. As an extra yeah. charge. Yeah, you do. Is he's how, brilliant, how though. Started. And he just says, you know, when he's thinking about it, to walk away from what I'm good at, I don't even know if I have it 100% right yet, but maybe there's more to explore. So we don't mm. know because mm. this contract comes up
0: at the end of 2020. But I just. So he still has a year and a half left yeah. to do yeah. photography, painting, interviewing, all the things that he wants to do. Right. Because he's a broadcast legend. And it would be really hard to hang up the microphone and turn it off. Oh, absolutely. And even in this yeah. in silly book we read today, which was Stay Up with Hugo Best, he
2: was a talk show host that got written out of his own show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how he tried to deal with it when you are not king of the hill. Right. Exactly. Not that easy.
1: Well, that's what this uh, new movie, uh, Late Night, is all about with Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. She's a talk show host that is on the verge of right. having a contract. I'm going to that tonight. Oh, are you? Mm-hmm. Okay, and they're, they're, she had to. She has to reinvent herself. Right. or she's done.
0: And it right. all comes full circle. There here. we go. No, thanks,
2: guys.
1: Look what forward if... to your movie review tomorrow.
2: Oh, you know, hopefully it's yes. not twenty minutes too long. <laughs> oh <laughs> oh <God>. dear. <laughs> all right, I'll talk to you guys later. Are we all well? Have a good night. Bye bye. Job done. Off you go.